hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Play and Hooky Bowfishing Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Cody. So on the line with me tonight, I have Harrison Van Manen from Iowa, and he is uh, putting on a tournament here at the end of June, um, and it's uh, it's a daytime tournament, so it's going to be really sweet. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be really exciting, and we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, tonight, but first, uh, Harrison, welcome to the podcast, man. How's it going? It's going great. How about you? Hey, I'm doing I'm doing great as well, man. Thanks for asking. I uh, I I have never bow fished in Iowa, and uh, you know, obviously being in Minnesota, it's just one state down. We're like state neighbors, and you know, I I've been hearing some cool things about Iowa. And so, uh, before you talk about uh, the tournament that you're hosting, why don't you just give us a little bit of a rundown on uh, Iowa bow fishing? Yeah. So. The main spot that we've been hitting up, mainly because we get like the best numbers, has been the Big Sioux River, just for the fact the silvers are just insanely thick there. So we go there, and there's a decent amount of gar that we shoot to, and a few commons, but nothing really that great for the commons. It kind of seems like the silvers have pushed them out, because I've been doing this for probably over 10 years, and I've definitely noticed that there are less carp, and it seems like because of the silvers. So I don't know if they, like, probably feed on the same thing or what, but... So, yeah, and there are quite a few farm ponds, but not a lot of them have the best ramps. And then if we go east a little ways, there's Okaboji, and I think there's actually a guide service that goes out of there. And there's some nice commons and some nice grassies in there too. But that's about, that's about all that I've done in Iowa. Okay. Yeah. That's uh sounds like you got a little variety there. Um, so just for reference for people, um, that aren't familiar with, uh, how Iowa lays out, um, when you're talking about the big Sioux river, like what part of Iowa are, are you talking about there? So that would be like the Iowa, South Dakota border. Got it. So we're talking, you know, the, the northwest corner of Iowa then, yeah? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, before we started recording, you know, you were telling me about uh, these silvers. And honestly, I guess I didn't even realize that you could, you know, get on silver carp in Iowa. And so, I mean, it's not cool, you know, for the for the ecosystem, but it's cool that you get an opportunity to shoot those there. Yeah, we definitely call it making lemonade out of lemons. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, you we'll go snagging sometimes too, and you can't cast without hooking onto one. They're just so insanely thick. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so it sounds like the, the population has really exploded in there. Yeah, it definitely has. We're basically just waiting for the water temps to get high enough where they get a little more active, and we're just going to go get a lot of them hopefully <laughs> awesome <laughs> that's super cool so uh something else you mentioned um was farm ponds uh i mean you know i didn't even know iowa had any water at all so you know <laughs> <laughs> uh what do you why don't you talk a little bit about like these these kind of like farm ponds that you're shooting because i i think that's kind of a a unique thing to iowa 
Yeah, definitely. So some guys just, they kind of naturally just have a pond on them. And it seems like carp and bullhead get into every single lake, no matter what. Because they're usually kind of close to the river, so it'll just flood into there. But usually those ponds are just stacked with carp because they have no pressure on them. You know, no one really goes there. So, yeah, that's usually, you just go on the shore and you can just shoot a ton of fish. Oh, wow. That's so like when you're, when you're saying farm pond, like how big are we talking? Like, uh, you know, ballpark, how many acres are you thinking? Oh, like some are not even like two. Oh, wow. Super small. But some of them still have boat ramps on them. Some do. And then like a lot of towns around here have like ponds on them too. Okay. So like the big one we go is in Rock Valley and I, uh, Let's see. That's not a very big pond at all, but we've been shooting like twenty-pound buffalo out of that, and some pretty nice commons. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, so you know something else that we were talking about um, before we started recording was uh, grass carp, and you know, in Minnesota, I mean, there's a couple of lakes down like on the Minnesota Iowa border that. Um, you know, the DNR says there's grass carp in there. I've never checked it out. So, you know, I don't know for sure. But I mean, other than that, we really don't have any grass carp in Minnesota. And so I guess I didn't even realize that uh, Iowa, I mean, it sounds like you guys have a pretty decent grass carp population in, in some of those ponds. Yeah, definitely. And I think there might have been a program through the DNR where they could put grass carp into lakes to get rid of the weeds. Because I'm pretty sure I know two guys who did that for sure. And then they just seem to kind of spread out. There's one just south of Laverne, and it looks like a paradise for them too because there's just tall weeds everywhere. So I'm sure you just get into there. They're thick in there. But there's also like the clear pond around us. They call it Pooter's Pond. There are some really nice grasses in there. And that water is typically just like crystal clear. You can see deeper than you can shoot. Wow. So that's usually pretty fun. No kidding. That sounds, I mean, it sounds like a dream, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Super cool. Well, yeah. So now, uh, you know, we got a little background about, uh, bow fishing in Iowa. Sounds like a super viable option. Um, and so now why don't you talk about this, this cool tournament that you're putting on this year? Yeah. So we're putting on, it's called shoot a carp, save a walleye. I I don't know. It was just like a dumb idea I had, like, (laughs) you know, the song, save a horse, ride a cowboy. (laughs) So then I just kind of figured it would be like local people, but everybody I've talked to has been like so excited about it. Like it's blown me away. So I would love it to get huge. That'd be fun. More people to marry her. Definitely. And this is uh, the first, the first annual. Is that correct? Yeah. So like, our town used to kind of have like a carp tournament and like three people would show up. So the guy who previously ran it, he was like, I'm not going to do it for three people. So if you want to take care of it, you can. So yeah, I kind of set it up mainly because my friends like to talk a bunch of crap. So we got to put a count of competition to see who's better, you know? That's right. But everybody I've talked to has just been super excited about it. So yeah, I'd love to see it get big. Well, that's awesome. So why don't you give us, uh, you know, run through the details, you know, when is it and, you know, the times, the, the, 
the cost to get in, you know, all that kind of stuff. Why don't you just give us a, a quick rundown? Yeah, so it's June 25th, Saturday. Uh, you have to be at Royal Tech at 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. for registration. You just come pay. It's going to be 100 bucks a team. You can have up to four people in your team. And then we're going to have side pots for biggest gar, biggest carp, biggest buffalo, and uh, smallest fish. And so the way we're going to do that is the winner of each class will draw a number. And then we have four companies that donated stuff. Uh, Midwest Compost Solution donated a bow that's all set up, ready to shoot. Uh, Northwest Iowa Firearms put in a Surefire flashlight. So that would be sweet. We use we just zip tie flashlights to our bow when we go at night. Kind of helps. Hometown Renovations is putting in a headlamp. It's a really nice headlamp from Shields. And then the Cottonwood Creek Feed Store bought an AMS Pro Retriever Reel that we're going to give away. So, yeah, you get the biggest cart, you draw a number, you get whatever numbered prize that is. Yeah, and it's it says 20 bucks each on for each side pod, but... I think I'm just gonna do it twenty bucks, and you're in every class. And what's uh, what's uh, the um, what kind of tournament is it? It's just gonna be a big fifteen. Awesome. And then uh, what place is it paying through? Uh, to third. Yep. Yeah, got it. So paying through third place. So it looks like it pays. Uh, you know, fifty percent of the entries gets paid to first place. Thirty percent gets paid to second place, and twenty percent gets paid to third place. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So it's just a hundred back payback of all the entry fees. Sweet. That's that's uh that's a great way to run a tournament. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, why don't you talk a little bit about uh I mean, cuz obviously this is a daytime tournament and you don't see that a lot in uh tournaments in the bow fishing world. So, why don't you talk a little bit about uh your your reasoning behind that? Yeah. So, I honestly just figured we'd try a daytime tournament cuz most of the people I know have gone during the day. I only know a couple guys that have a generator and run lights at night. So I I just figured I would get more people to show up during the day locally. So that's why I did that. If this goes good, I would really like to have another nighttime tournament like later in the year. Because it seems like, especially on the big Sioux, like once the temps start coming down, they, the big ones come out, it seems like. So if this one goes good, I would love to have a night tournament. Awesome. Yeah, I... Uh... I, I'm really excited. I've, I've, uh, I've never shot in a daytime tournament. And so this is going to be a new experience for me. Oh yeah. I'm, I, so I'm coming down, I'm coming down to this tournament. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm really excited. And one of the, one of the cool things about it, um, that kind of got my attention was you can, uh, bowfish any public body of water that is bowfishable. And I mean, right. That's correct. Right. Yep. Yeah, you wanna you just gotta be there at seven AM to eight AM to register and then you have to be back at four PM. Yeah, so you know, I think that's that's amazing. You know, obviously I'm not gonna you know, you don't have time to drive down to, you know, Arkansas or whatever, but yeah. uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it it'll uh it'll open up the you know, the teams and they'll kinda get to go wherever and, and uh I think that's really cool. Yeah, like it kinda makes it kind of a hometown tournament for anybody that wants to do it too. Like I know guys that are going to go to Yankton or Gavin's point dam and they're going to try to get some big heads and stuff. I know guys that are going to go South to Sioux city. Like it should be pretty fun. Cause you can about go 
anywhere you want. Yeah, that's that is super cool. I uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, and uh, you know, as with uh, you know most tournaments, it looks like fish disposal will be provided, so you don't got to worry about you know finding a place to ditch your fish uh, in the middle of Iowa. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. It should. There's a guy. He's just gonna. We're gonna have a dumpster there and just dump all your fish in there. You don't gotta worry about it. Awesome. Yeah, so one more time, June 25th from, uh, you know, registration starts at 7 and then tournament hours are 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And, yeah, it's uh, I think it's going to be a great tournament. And, uh, you know, if any of you guys are headed over there, let us know. Come find me and, and chat it up. I, I'd love to, uh, you know, meet some more people, meet some Iowa bow fishers. I don't think I've ever met anybody from Iowa that bow fishes. So that's going to be fun for me. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about this and, uh, yeah, man, thanks for putting it on. Yeah, no problem, man. And thanks for everything you do to grow the sport too. This is an awesome podcast. I love listening to it. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a labor of love. You know, I, uh, I, I love it. I love getting new people into the sport and, uh, you know, this tournament honestly is a great way to get more people into the sport too. You know, I mean, you know, a nice little local tournament. That's, that's exactly the kind of thing that, uh, gets people into it. So I appreciate what you do as well. Yeah, it'll, it should be pretty fun. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Harrison, thanks so much for, uh, joining me on the podcast and, uh, we'll see you soon. Yeah. Sounds good. See you later, man. Yep. Well, up next on the show, I've got Brian Nielsen of Benil Bow Holders out of Minnesota, up here by me. Brian, how you doing tonight, man? Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast. I'm doing really well. I'm really glad to be here. Awesome. I uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, the products that you're making. I, I use them on all my bows, and uh, I've got them all over my boat, and so I, uh, I think it's going to be really sweet to talk about uh, all these all these cool things that you're making, and uh, hopefully people listening, you know, if they if they aren't hooked up with any of the Benil stuff, they, uh, they'll give it a go because it's, uh, it's kind of a game changer in my opinion. All right, Brian, before we get uh, into talking about your company and the cool products you're making, uh, why don't you just give us a little bit of background on, uh, you know, how you got into bow fishing and uh, where, where you're bow fishing these days? Well, bow fishing was really big when I was a kid. I'm 52 years old and my dad used to use a recurve and the old spool on the end and hand winding and just watching him shoot carp was amazing to me. So I got into it at a very young age and uh, I've never been really good at it, <laughs> but uh, I like to take people out and do it. Um, I think the refraction gets me a lot. I'm, I'm always shooting over them. So, but um, a couple of years ago, I was in my boat and I was really mad at myself because I stepped on my boat. And the cables came off and all that nonsense. So I was done for the night. So I was thinking, that, man, it'd be really nice to be able to put my bow up and not and have an arrow in it and be ready to go. And how do I do this? And, you know, you still want to have your reel on the end of your bow using your uh, equalizer hole. So I started playing with uh, the metal I had in the garage, and I just bent something up. And it took about a year to finally figured it out, the right lengths and this and that. And then I brought it to a place that does laser 
they cut metal with lasers and bend stuff here in Blaine, Minnesota. And we started making these. Um, in the beginning, I could sell them fairly cheap because shipping was cheap and the metal was cheap. Recently, uh, with the metal prices skyrocketing and the shipping prices skyrocketing, it's been it's been hard. I've have have to raise the prices a little bit. I try not to make too much money on them. I really want to help out the bow fishing community, not have the bows get broken like I did. And um, it's just really nice to be able to set your bow down, have an arrow in it ready to go while you're messing with the boat. I mean, there's always something going on on the boat where you have to set your stuff down. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, that's... It's unfortunate that you originally stepped on your bow, but I mean, what a great way to motivate you to make something so that you don't ever have to do that again, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been, uh, there's been some changes on it. I mean, we came up with the original one. It had three holes across the top, so you could push it off to the side. I don't know, I was, I was, I was overdoing it. And then it wasn't really strong enough, so I had to make it wider. Um... And we came up with the, we just call this the super sport. So that's your normal one that you put put on your bow, and you can put a reel on a uh, on a mount. Your description, it'll fit there. And then when uh, I met the guys that make the mega mouth at a tournament one day, and I asked them if I could make a bow blade for theirs. So we made that. We call it the MM for mega mouth. That one bolts directly to the bottom side of the real seat. Those guys over there, they didn't care too much. They said they, they thought it was great that somebody would make a product that adapted to their product. And those guys are really great over there. So, um, And that's another thing now. The bowls are so expensive. And that's, again, why lay them down when you can put them in the bowl holder. I really don't recommend going full throttle with it, but if you want to, there's a hole on the bottom the bowl blade where you can put a little pin in there a little carabiner in some description and i've never had any bowls fall out i've heard people say that they've had them fall out but i think they were probably on too rough a water for it sure well we also make another product which is the original product is the there's a big black bowl holder which you uh it clamps down on your bowl while you're traveling it has a safety strap on it the problem with that when i came out with that, it doesn't fit all bows, so I, I have a disclaimer on that saying the jaws touch each other at 24 inches, so measure your equipment before you purchase. It's uh, the six pounds of steel, and I ship it, and then when people want to return it, it turns into a pain. And I got money-back guarantee on all of our equipment, so if you don't like it, you can send it back to me. Normally what happens when somebody does say they don't want it, I'll give them the money back and I tell them to give it to somebody else because I can't sell it as a new product and I I don't want the bad publicity. So you're better off just saying, hey, man, if you don't like it, I'll give you money back and you can either keep it or give it away. And I'll tell you, folks, if any of you want your money back and he tells you to give it away, feel free to give me a call. I will take them all because I love them. And that would be great. So, yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of really cool stuff that you're making. And uh, I know you don't recommend, you know, going full throttle uh, with the, uh, the bow blades 
uh, in the sockets, you know, with your bows up on the, on the rails, but I'll tell you, and again, this is, this isn't Brian saying, do this. This is me. I'm kind of a reckless guy sometimes. And this is what I do. I, I keep them up there when I'm going full throttle. And honestly, sometimes I even keep them in there when I'm driving down the highway and I've never had them even, you know, look like they might pop out. They always are, are, uh, you know, really sturdy in there. They're not really even bending, you know, the metal isn't bending or anything like that. So I, I think they're great, super sturdy, super quality product. Um, and again, I'm just going to reiterate, this is not Brian saying do this. Okay. This is not a good idea, but I do it and it works for me. So, um, super, super great products for sure. Um, yeah. So, Another uh, product I, that you guys make, and you know, I've got so I have these these bow blades. Uh, we've got a couple of these other uh, bow holders, and all of them have worked great. Um, the only thing I haven't tried is this uh, D Carper. Do you want to talk a little bit about that product? Well, it's it's pretty much a gigging fork. It came out in the 1940s on gigging boats. It just helps you pull your you fish off the arrow, you attach it to your barrel. We also sell a, uh, a decarper that also has a socket. So you put a socket on one side of the barrel, and on the other side of the barrel, you put your decarper on the inside. Um, now, another thing about this socket, that's pretty heavy-duty. In the beginning, I was trying to have them water cut out of high-density polyethylene and plastics and all that, but nothing was strong enough, so we ended up going with uh, 8-inch stainless steel, and that is probably the heaviest-duty thing I've ever seen. You probably tore your boat with it. Um, lately, people have been saying, hey, how do I attach this to a round rail? Well, I want to give a shout-out to uh, a guy named Wyatt William Crockett. He said on his boat he's got round tubes, and... What he had bought was, um, it's an adapter for a round rail that's usually used for, like, a light. And he modified that so he could mount the socket to that. And that really seems to work out really well. So I get a lot of people asking me, hey, how do I do this? And I sent him a picture of what Wyatt sent me. And, you know, that's another product you have to buy. But if you want to mount that socket on a round rail, that is a fix. Nice. Yeah, that sounds really smooth. I, I have round rails on my boat, and I just straight up drilled right into it. <laughs> right. I mean, the bracket is so strong that if you do that, it, it will work. I mean, you need a centering jig to uh, drill straight through the pipe, but yeah, you can do that. Yeah. And we supply all the bolts and all the hardware. I mean, it might not fit your situation, but it gives a guy an idea. It comes with lock nuts and... So I might have to go to a hardware store or cut something off if it's too long. You just got to – and everybody that, that bullfishes is a little bit of a tinkerer anyway. It's true. So you're always modifying something. Yeah, definitely. Cool, yeah. Um, and, uh, Brian, how long now uh, have you had this business going? Uh, it's been five years. This is our fifth season, and um, it's been really good. I only uh, advertise on Facebook. I'm an older guy. I haven't figured out Instagram yet. So I just, <laughs> I just, and it usually just spreads my mouth. I, I go to a couple tournaments every year, and I set up a booth and have a lot of fun with people that come by and say, hey, I've been had your product on my boat. I love them. 
And um, we also, and it's not really on the website, but if a guy wants just to buy a blade, or if he just wants to buy a socket, or if he wants some spare parts, then you just give me a call and we can figure something out. It's uh, It's been working really well with uh, people just give me a call or text me and then we can we can modify any order to match whatever you want. And um, all our products are pre-shipping other than the larger bolt holder. That one costs a lot to send, but um, we've had really good success with a lot of people. I love the pictures. It's, it's been really good so far. Awesome. And uh, speaking of uh, your website and getting a hold of you, um, how, why don't you just uh, mention your uh, contact info and where people can uh, purchase uh, some of your products? Well, there's a good story about this, too, because... Um, I wanted to go with something small, but when you buy a .com, you have to pay for a yearly, have a yearly fee on that. So the name of the website is bowfishingbowholder.com, and I know that's a lot. <laughs> and I tried to, I tried to get bowholder.com, but that's fifteen thousand dollars a year. Oh my gosh! 16, versus sixteen dollars a year for bowfishingbowholder.com. The shorter the um, the dot com, the name, the more expensive it is. Gotcha. So that's that, that was that was that was pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it's bullfishingbullholder dot com. Awesome. Yeah, and I uh, I'm on your site right now, just scrolling through it. Great pictures on here. You can see exactly what all these products look like. If any of you listening have never seen them before. Um, yeah, he's got the bow blades, he's got the bow holders, the decarpers, the sockets. Um, yeah, all of it's right here. Really easy to find, really, really easy to see, uh, what everything looks like. So, and then, uh, Brian, why don't you just, uh, give out your, uh, phone number in case folks want to give you a call just to purchase a couple of, you know, loose pieces here and there. Yeah. If you want to contact me, 612-865-8304, anytime. Awesome. And then you also mentioned you're on Facebook as well. You want to just uh, give that page a shout out as well? Well, if you go to Facebook and you look up uh, Benil, B-N-I-E-L, it should come up. I I don't know exactly what it is called, but if you type in Benil, it does pop up. Yep, Benil Bowfishing Bowholder. I see it right here. Perfect. You got a link for your website on there as well. Some more pictures. Yeah, that's... Uh, Got everything here. Well, Brian, uh, is there anything else you want to touch on uh, about uh, any of your products or bow fishing or anything before I uh, let you go here? Well, I want to say about safety. Um, I think everybody should be wearing safety glasses when they actually shoot. I've had some, uh, I've had some instances where I ran into you know tree branches and had a pop back on an arrow. Um, I really do believe that people should be wearing safety glasses when they do this sport. Awesome. I couldn't agree more. I, uh, I always err on the side of safety, uh, especially being a guide and having, you know, inexperienced clients out there. It's just, even if you're an experienced, you know, tournament team or whatever, like you just never know what's going to happen. And so, you know, it, I always just think it's way better to be safe than sorry. And so I, I couldn't agree more with you there, Brian. Yeah. And I do like to take out kids. So I think everybody should take out kids and enjoy the sport. 
Um, when you do have kids, and that's another reason why we came up with this, and the guides really seem to enjoy this. Um, when you tell the kids this is where the bowl goes, they'll put it back. I mean, instead of having it on the ground where they can step on it and they can trip on them or they can break equipment, and, you know, there's always arrows in your sharp, but now you can have an arrow on the bowl and you can set it on the end of your boat and not, not really worry about it being nudged and knocked into the water, and, you, and it's ready to go. And then the kids understand that this is where it goes when they're not shooting. You know, have some chips and a soda, but... I think everybody should take out a kid and go have fun with it. Be safe. Put safety glasses on the little guy. Well, I do. I have safety glasses in the boat. I keep them in little, uh, little felt bags. Last year, a guy in the boat fishing community lost an eye. I think that, if I remember right, he ties his arrow to the back of the arrow. And I don't, I don't recommend that. I recommend that everybody uses the slides. It's up to personal preference, but... You know, it's safer for everybody on the boat if you use the safety slides on your arrow. Yep. I also, again, agree with you there. Um, and uh, for those of you, I'm sure most of you, if you're in the bow fishing community, you heard about that incident last year. Uh, if you want a little bit more of that story, I know uh, the AMS Bow Fishing Podcast, they interviewed him last year and he talked quite a bit about it. And so uh, definitely go over and check that episode out uh, if you haven't heard the story. Um, but, uh, yeah, back to, you know, getting kids into the sport. I mean, that's uh, a good chunk of the reason why this podcast exists in the first place is because, you know, I am super passionate about getting, you know, more people into this sport that all of us love so much and, you know, kids being number one, because they're the, you know, going to be the ones that grow up and, and continue on the future of our sport. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm glad to hear that other folks in the community have that same kind of drive to get kids into the, into the sport here. That's awesome. And then when you have your kids on there, don't be dumping at the boat landing. Take a garbage bag with you. You want to ruin the sport. There's nothing more you can do than leave your fish at the boat landing. It's, it's a terrible thing. I, I pick up after people all the time in your trash and your, your beer cans and your soda cans. Be respectful to community. And also, if you're on, you're by somebody's dock and they ask you to move away, don't start a fight with them. Just just mosey on. There's other places to fish. There's no reason to uh, get into a conflict, even though it's your right to be able to fish the water at nighttime. Just be respectful of other people that might be having, they're sitting down, relaxing on their dock. Yeah, here here I thought this this episode was just going to be talking about, you know, Benio bow holders, but now here we are doing some PSAs too. That's uh that's great. I I really appreciate that. That's definitely stuff that, you know, people need to hear and and be reminded of. Um yeah, I mean, the truth is like the our sport at the moment is just kind of a little bit under fire, you know. I mean, depending on the state you're in, I mean, there's all kinds of you know, laws trying to get passed to ban certain things in the sport and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, just a, definitely a good reminder to, I mean, just be respectful of people, even if they're not being respectful to you, you know, like it's just not worth it to, to get in that fight and just, you know, create even more bad blood because ultimately in the end, I think that would just end up hurting us. So uh, appreciate you saying that stuff, Brian. No problem at all. I'm a firm believer in that. Um, as you get older, I think it's a little bit easier to understand respect, and uh, I don't like conflict. 
and I don't mind picking up after somebody. I get I do get a little upset at it when you get to the boat launch and there's a couple dead fish laying there, and I'm like, all you have to do is bring a trash bag with you. And there's a lot of farmers, and we'll take them for their pigs. Yeah. I know uh, down, down south and uh, in Hastings, when I store my boat, he said, I'll take all your fish. Because they're a really great fertilizer, and they get eaten up. Don't put them in a public spot, that's all. Exactly. It's just, you got to use your head a little bit and teach your teach your kids to be respectful about that as well, and then the, then the sport will flourish. Absolutely, absolutely, cool. Well, uh, yeah. Anything else uh, you want to touch on before we uh, close out the episode here? No, just everybody be safe and uh, bowfishingbowholder.com. We're ready to ship. We got two day free shipping, and uh, we're ready to send. Perfect. Well, hey, Brian, thank you so much again for uh, joining me on the podcast here uh, this week. Uh, I think it was a good conversation. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully guys will want to check out your uh, your products. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been awesome. Awesome. Yeah, well, we'll talk later, Brian. Thanks. Thank you.